You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Podcast, the CFL Playoffs Round 2 Edition. My name is Alice Davis, so I'll be your co-host for the show. And joining me much more jovially is my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how's it going for you today? Ah, well, hanging in there. Uh, we've got a big couple of games to talk about from last week and a big couple of games to talk about from next for next week too i don't think we'll have time to shove any talk of the coaching carousel in there but i wanted to say that because somebody listening is going to be drinking when i say that so uh chug a lug huh is that the new rule now you can't say the cc words uh the carousel part in particular oh, okay 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 so you can say the uh coaching uh merry-go-round that's sort of uh, carousel, carousel, at least to one person, is rather overused. Uh, drink again. Uh, so we, I'll refrain from saying the word carousel, drink, Oops. Uh, as much as I possibly can. Uh, so let's get this on the road. Okay. Or will we? Or is that a drink? We? Is that a drink, too? Is that a... Is somebody playing Rod That's Black a drinking game. game, too? Oh, okay. <laughs> How about the Rod Black carousel game? How about that? Oh, God. <laughs> right. Here we go. Uh, 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 I'm sorry for all the listeners that I've had to call ambulances just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally gratuitous, i got to say. Uh, right. Okay. I guess we'll talk about this first game of last Sunday. I was very tempted, Joe, to just hand you the mic for the entire first half of the show because I'm not sure I really want to talk about this game, and then the second game you can talk about yourself for a couple of hours as far as I'm concerned. In any case, I'll I'll do my job, such as it is on this show, and comment on Edmonton Eskimos 37, Montreal Alouettes 29. You know, it was nice to see that Trevor Harris or some close friend or relative of Trevor Harris has invented time travel, because apparently... Trevor came directly from last season's championship game directly into this game so that he could break his completion percentage postseason record in that game in this game. Um, You know, I I can't really (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I want to congratulate the Eskimos more or complain about Vernon Adams and the Alouettes. Um, This was a real cliffhanger of a game really kept us in it until the last six minutes and all those hallmarks of the of the bad decisions come to light now i can console myself as an alouettes fan and i have not listened to the flight deck yet um as we record this on what would that be so it'd be wednesday the 13th of november so i have not yet listened to the latest edition of the alouettes flight deck however i can't really be too disappointed about this loss i guess because hey Everything in this postseason is gravy, right? Everything after a 500 record has been gravy this year, uh, considering the low expectations going into the season. However, I can't let float 
Yeah, now Vernon Adams statistics in the last six minutes. Here they are after running for the touchdown that made it an eight-point game, or a five-point game, I believe. Uh, after that, he was two for six for 12 yards passing with one sack and two interceptions. And one very strange moment where he got upset and started pounding the ground on the sidelines. That was a little bit strange. Uh, probably in the end, you have to hand it to the Eskimos. I mean, look, the truth is there was too much C.J. Gable. There was too much Greg Ellingson. And in the case of Adams, there was way too much Josh, Josh Johnson. What did you think, Joe, and how much of this is sustainable for Edmonton next week? Uh, I don't think it's sustainable for Edmonton next week at all. <laughs> uh, here's why. Uh, Trevor Harris has a certain type of game. We've talked about this ad nauseum this year, especially when we broke down the two games they played against the Bombers. They, the Eskimos with Harris in the lineup love the short passes, uh, love the quick swing passes, and they will eat alive any team that cannot tackle or does not adjust out of deep zone coverage. Uh, Montreal failed on both counts, and while Adams did have uh, his moments near the end of the game, he kept the team uh, at a pretty steady pace earlier in the game because he pretty much had to score most every time he got his hands on the ball because Edmonton was marching right down the field, and Montreal was giving very little resistance to that. And they were eating up clock. They were doing everything Edmonton does when the other team plays their game. Um and stays back, misses tackles, lets, lets the big plays happen here and there, but mostly lets uh, Trevor Harris sit there and dink and dunk and just, tre- and just shred uh, the deep coverage. And kick a bunch of field goals. Right, and in this ca- in this case, uh, they got off to uh, quite a few touchdowns early on, too, yeah. because uh, the any sort of resemblance to a bend but don't break defense were pretty wiped out early because there was a lot more breaking than bending. With yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's trouble for what I should say now. It was trouble for the Alouettes this offseason and really for the Eskimos opponents um, when they got that first score of the game in the first drive on, in the first quarter. Um, when that happens, you know you're in trouble. I mean, they even you know, played ball against Calgary like this, uh, surprised with a bunch of early scores in the first half. And that offensive line is the primary advantage that they have, right? So you're not going to get to the quarterback. And so. I don't even know if it's so much the offensive line as it is a game plan. It's uh, it's get the ball, have it out of there in two to three seconds. Uh, you don't have time to have a pass rush if that's the case. Uh, so Trevor Harris doesn't get sacked a lot, but he doesn't keep the ball in his hand very often either. Uh you would think by now at this point of the season, people would have figured that out. But I guess they're too worried about Harris Tellingson deep for a couple times a game to take try to take Harris out of his comfort zone. I'm not, I, I guess I don't understand that. Well, it's not like they adjusted on the offense either. You know, because here's here's the whole game plan. First down, little swing pass, little run, hope to get five or six yards. Second down, Vernon Adam runs with it. I mean, that was the game plan. Even in the fourth quarter, that was what was happening. And then on that very last drive, um, you know, he faced the second and ten, didn't know what to do. You know, interception, game over. You know, it's just, it kind of irritated me. But, again, I'm going to chalk all this up to first-year jitters on the Alouette side. I'm going to chalk all this up to the time-traveling 
Trevor Harris. Um, I really don't think that's fair. There, there, there needs to be an investigation in this because I don't know where this Trevor Harris was most of the season. Um, you know, he's been, he, I think he's the most accurate uh, quarterback in the CFL, but when you're throwing it over 90%, uh, that's pretty good. When you're like a beating double coverage on a receiver that's pretty good um consistently yeah, he, played, so. he did play a terrific yeah. terrific game and Edmonton yeah. game planned against what they saw Montreal doing extremely well I don't want to take anything away from that but it just seems like every time Edmonton's successful this is how they do it mm-hmm. 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 yeah yeah they make you play catch up um okay right well for the rest of the Alouettes fandom I will temporarily speak and say, wait till next year. We'll be back. You haven't seen The Last of Us yet. But let's talk uh, about I believe it. I completely believe it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the Alouettes had a bad day. But seeing as how, you know, like I said, any postseason for the Alouettes is gravy anyway. I think that the well worse Sunday afternoon evening was had by the Calgary Stampeders for whom nothing went right after about 28 and a half minutes of ball game. Uh, in very non-Bombers-esque fashion, Winnipeg goes on a run of 30 unanswered points for a final of Winnipeg Blue Bombers 35, Calgary Stampeders 14. Joe, take it. So they played their first half game that they did most of the right. early part of the season in the second yeah, half. Of the right. <laughs> Which meant that Calgary didn't have the second half to come back on him, which is a good thing, in my mind, anyway. Uh, What really happened here, from what I'm seeing, is Calgary in the second half couldn't get their passing game going. Uh, Had just didn't really do much with the run game at all. Uh, The Bombers did well enough on defense that the offense could just do just pound away at the San Peters the whole second half. I want to say Strebler played most of the second half, if I'm remembering this correctly, uh, took a long half, ran the ball a lot, didn't throw once. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, he took, <laughs> he took some pretty serious hits too. He got crushed on a couple yeah. of those plays. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the game, though, the Bombers had ground down the Stampeders and just ran them over in the last half of the fourth quarter. That well, that was, I mean, that was pretty exciting from a fan's perspective because you know, again, they were like hinting about doing this last week. The the Bombers were, and uh, this week is when we got a good mix. I mean, Calaris only had 21 attempts. Um, Strevler had 13 carries. So, and very few of them were just hit the line for one or two yards. Um, so, you know, nice mix there. Really kept uh, the Stamps guessing. However, um, not too many, like, really flashy contributions. Uh, is this a minus? I mean, I mean, you know, if you wanted to give a game ball, an offensive game ball for this game, it might go to Streveler. Because, I mean, here's Harris, you know, 14 carries, <laughs> one more than Streveler, uh, only averaged, you know, 4.1 yards a carry. And that even includes the 13-yarders. So he's actually more around, like, three and a half yards per carry. Uh, Caleros, again, only threw 21 times, uh, averaging about nine yards or so per attempt, only completed about half his attempts. Um, this is suddenly 
a low watt offense here. Um, you know, is that okay? It is when you spend most of the fourth quarter salting the game away and start and start putting points on the board in bunches. Yeah. If yeah. they're doing that next week, they've done something right again. Okay. All right. Um, wh- what do you make of the Stampeders this season? This game? What do you make of What do you make of it all? They finally lost too much in the off season to just steamroll everybody. And losing Mitchell to the injury uh, as long as they did didn't give them the buy that might have helped them. Uh, one game to the great to a home Grey Cup might have helped rather than two, but they just they were finally just worn down. Uh, and then Bo had probably the worst game he's ever had as a pro, which given how long he's played. And how well he's played. It was astounding it happened in a playoff game. I'm not giving it back as a Bomber fan, mind you. But (laughs) I was just sitting sitting there in the third and fourth quarter going, this is not his day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he he would have had an average game, we're talking about what happened the previous two times these two teams faced each other. Where it's down to the last minute and we're – and – probably down to the last play but he in the in the second half nobody was catching the ball the ball was ending up bouncing to the receivers so that didn't help matters but even when the receivers had a shot they weren't making their plays either it sounds like uh they were having trouble feeling their hands so the weather obviously took them off their game more than it did Winnipeg, but Winnipeg wasn't throwing the ball around much either, either in the second half, They but they were succeeding in the run game and Calgary didn't have that to fall back on. Yes. Yeah, they sure didn't. They sure didn't. Um, Don Jackson looked good on and off this season, but this late in the season, they could not find it to rely on him. And, you know, by the time they could, I mean, in, in this game, and, you know, and, eighth... and would you, and would you game plan that with Bo as a quarterback though? Um, I mean, you're 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 talking about take out of the hundred hundred plus games he's played, and just doing some quick guess math at this. He's probably played over a hundred games in the CFL at this point. This is probably his worst or second worst game. You can't game plan for that. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I, if I heard this correctly, he had zero yards passing in the third quarter. I think it, what, it wasn't pretty. I think is what the number was. I mean, Jesus, he was under fifty percent. Uh, completion percentage, 42.9, it says here. I mean, 116 yards. I mean, shoot. he could run for that much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, just a total collapse. I mean, is it is this kind of, I mean, because sometimes when this happens, I mean, okay, so this is the first time in, what, nine years? They're not going to be in the Western Conference Final, I think they said on the last broadcast, or first time in eight years. Um how much it's of been a while. <laughs> how much of this is just the numbers balancing out? Fine, I think. Yeah, I think they caught a crappy. They caught a crappy performance at the absolute worst, worst time, time they yep. could have. Yep. 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 I, I don't think any less of them as a team. I think that they're still a team to be feared next year. Uh, they'll have a chance to replace pieces. They may not be picked apart nearly as much as they had been. Because uh, usually you're trying to pick apart the champions because everybody likes to go after the champions players or uh, 
uh, you know, the team that the best team, even if they've even if they muffed the Grey Cup a couple times, they're they were being picked apart the last five years, and every year they'd bounce back as strong as as strong as they were the year before. This year they finally caught uh, injury woes at the quarterback position. Nothing there. Nick Arbuckle did a terrible job. He did a fine job and probably earned himself a starting job for next year somewhere else. But you take Bo out of that lineup, and they're a lesser team, and they were a lesser team for most of the first half of the season. It cost them because they missed the West Final by one game. And I guess uh, Reggie Bagleton won't be going to the NFL <laughs> because that's that's always the other thing they have to worry about, right? Is their best player uh, gets you know moves up to the NFL? Last year they lost uh, Alex Singleton. Yep, and it might be Bagleton this year, yeah. but we'll see how they do in if they're not picked apart nearly as much as they have been before, uh, and they're still a fantastic franchise as far as find, finding depth all over the place. I'm not counting them out at all. I'm sitting there going, oh, God, are they going to be pissed off next year or what? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, okay, so this is an American show. Um, we, we talk Canadian football, but we are two Americans. So I guess I should ask the American question. Uh, are they the favorites going into next year's Grey Cup? That's hard to say. They, <laughs> you shouldn't they, answer this question, Joe. It's, but man, but man, oh, man, they have a good starting point, don't they? Of course, they? of course. And the thing is, I think that Calgary is going to be a really appealing um, destination for free agents this time. Uh, they have the stability of coaching. They have the pedigree and whatnot. There's a bunch of guys saying it's a great place to play. Da, 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 da. So I think you've seen, you've seen a couple of the of examples of players that have left for a payday mm-hmm. uh, and had struggled elsewhere mm-hmm. come back to Calgary and become a cog in the machine again. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think they're going to have a nice off season um, because they're in a great position too. Right. Okay. So let's go to next week's games. Boy, I'm really looking forward to this, despite not having a pony in the race i'm really i'm really looking forward to this first uh, game especially edmonton eskimos five point underdogs at hamilton tiger cats i'm gonna go ahead and go first on this one joe if, if that's okay with you i mean you already basically told us why the eskimos are probably not gonna win um i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna back you up on this one look i just i just want to say this let's put it this way okay the Ticats were 15-3 and three this season, okay? They were two games better than Saskatchewan. They were seven games better than Edmonton, okay? They scored 43 points more than the next best team, which was Winnipeg. Right? Winnipeg was the second highest scoring team. And they allowed 42 fewer points than the next team, which was Saskatchewan on defense, right? And then finally, in week 15, uh, the Ticats played the Eskimos. They blew a 21 to nothing lead in the, that they had in the first quarter and had Haile Rahu kick the field goal for the win, the, the last second field goal for the win or whatever. Two weeks later, they beat the Eskimos by 30, 42-12. Now, I'm thinking that this one is going to be a lot more like that second meeting with the Eskimos than the first one. Because I think after that first game, uh, the boys got lectured good and hard about blowing that lead. And I really don't think that's going to happen again. 
And I really don't think that the Eskimos are going to be able to get out to the lead uh, that they like to in order to win these games. So, yeah, I'm going Hamilton early and often and by way more than five points here. I think Edmonton might stick in it a little bit more than what you're kind of referencing. I think you're t- thinking like 40, 40 to 20 or something is what uh, I'm feeling from you. Be. It might be. Yeah, right. I, 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 I think this is closer. I do believe Edmonton's a talented team. I've never believed that they haven't been. Uh, but I believe that they're predictable. I believe that their offense can be handled if you can tackle well and scheme well against them. And I can't imagine the Ticats have that problem. I do think Edmonton has enough talent to make a couple of big plays if Hamilton sells out trying to stop the short stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can see them putting up 20 you know, a little bit more than 20 points, probably somewhere between 20 and 30. But I don't see them being able to hang with Hamilton the whole way. Uh, Hamilton's been the most consistent team all season, didn't miss a beat going from Missoula to Dane Evans. I don't think with that at, with the atmosphere they have that they're going to, even if they, even if they struggle out of the gate, even if they go down 10 or 14, in the first quarter and Edmonton gets out to a hot start. I don't think that fan, that uh, fan base is going to let them quit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when Dan Evans uh, first went down, of course, the first thing that happened was the offense started scoring a lot fewer points, but the defense clamped down and they started, they started allowing a lot fewer points. Um, so, you know, it's just been, I mean, there's, there's just no obvious weaknesses on this team. Now, Adam, no, I, I feel like Hamilton's a lot better coached and are and are less likely to make the dumb decision that could cause cause a fourteen point swing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hamil- Hamilton is the class of the of the East this year, and and you know, and I'm sorry, Edmonton had a losing record. I mean, you know, so it's just like you know, just just based on that, just based on how dominant Hamilton has been, I, I really think they're gonna take care of business here now nerves might get to them in the gray cup uh next week but you know i I think this week i think they're going to be you know pragmatic they're going to they're going to take care of business they're going to end this game i mean how much damage can cj gable do right i mean because that's the real question right he's going to have to have a dominant performance early like last week okay he's going to have to put hamilton in the hole i mean he is by far their their best weapon right I mean, it's it's about Gable, right? Well, it's about getting the ball into the hands of any of the playmakers and having them break a tackle. Mm. I don't think Hamilton's missing a lot of tackles. Yeah, no, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah, I think this is, they're going to shut him down, I think. All right, right. So let's talk this second game. Uh, Joe, I'm going to let you do the uh, the pick first, but let's throw a little background up here. Winnipeg Blue Bombers just three-point underdogs at Saskatchewan. Obviously, Vegas was very impressed with the Bombers' performance last week. Uh, in the season series, the home team was 3-0, and uh, three mostly low-scoring games, except for the Banjo Bowl, right, when uh, Winnipeg put together like 35 points. Right, thirty-five ten. And they quit, and then they stopped scoring in the middle of the third quarter. Right, 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 right. So it could have been they could have put up a lot more points, but other than that, thirty-five. I mean, these teams have never scored more than nineteen against one another this season. Um, how do the Bombers win? Are you gonna Are you gonna say the Bombers win this game, Joe? 
I think I will. Uh, wow. Before I get right. into this, uh, I was on the Argo fan cast lot last night. That should be out by now. Uh, I, I got we got to do a debate or with uh, Greg over from Piffles. Uh, the I don't want to spoil how the result went, but I felt like I did all right. Uh, other people may not have agreed, but it was all, a lot of fun was had by all. So go listen to that, too, if you want to hear uh, a little bit more edge to this. But where I come in on this... Well, that's I a feel proud like... member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, right? Absolutely. So you should be listening to them anyway, but definitely check out this week. Because they also talk about the Edmonton-Hamilton game with uh, Andrew from the Eskimo Empire and Mike from Podsky Wee Wee. So there's a lot of C- CFPN representation on that show. Great. So if you want to get a taste of a lot of shows in one shot, then there's your chance. I'll but uh, the way I see this going on uh i believe these two teams are very unlike each other i feel like the riders have been a very consistent force since after the first month of the season they've been a very consistent team there's not a lot of highs and not a lot of lows there's really not a lot of lows because they haven't lost very many games well they bottomed out in that one game against winnipeg they had their right. bad game there was against winnipeg there was the one bottom out but they are otherwise they've been remarkably consistent they aren't blowing people out either but they're doing enough to win games. Winnipeg's been on a roller coaster. They're either blowing the crap out of people, uh, not showing up, or doing both things at the same <laughs> in the same game. Yeah. Not coming out of the locker room, right? That's, that's, what you're saying. Yeah. that's it. Yeah. Uh, I have seen the Bombers at their best against the Riders, and I've seen the Bombers at their worst against the Riders. What this is going to come down to is how the Bombers come out in this one. I think that they're used to this atmosphere in Saskatchewan. They've been there before. They've been in playoff games there before. I think it's going to be a little bit less of an effect than Edmonton going to Hamilton, where they're not there all that often. And when they are, it's not a rivalry game. This one's a big deal in in Ryderville. But at the same time, the Bombers have been through that before. Uh so I don't see emotions being a problem here. They also have a little bit of history on their side. And not the history of Labor Days, obviously. That hasn't gone well. But just about any other game that they've been in, in Regina, they've done pretty well at. Uh, and let's talk about the progression here. The Bombers have won the first regular season game in New Mosaic. They won the first playoff game in New Mosaic. They have a chance to win the first West Final in Mosaic. <laughs> and next year, they have a chance to win the first Grand Cup in New Mosaic. Oh, man. So things are lining up pretty well on the historical front. Okay, now come on. Come on now. You want to talk small sample size. You're, you're building up a big mountain on that molehill, man. Right. Um, okay, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you a little bit here. I mean, I think that if the Bombers win, it's going to be about the defense, okay? Because the one game where they played um, Saskatchewan close, actually, it's interesting because two of the games were, were pretty much runaways. And then it was that first game, that 1917 game, okay? Now, of course, Strebler was the quarterback for the Bombers, and Andrew Harris wasn't there, right? Okay. But... The defense held Fajardo, let's say, to just 300 yards. I mean, that's one of his lower totals in the second half. 
But they got two picks, they got five sacks, and they got one forced fumble. I mean, that was one of the best defensive games the Bombers played all year. And all they needed was one more shot at a field goal, and they would have won that game. Or to make the stop on the last drive. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be, I think, that if they win this game, it's going to be about defense. But I think I'm going to go with the Riders. I mean, the Riders just have a lot of advantages. Um, You know, I mean, you said it before, home field advantage is always big in Regina, but they're 8-1 there this year. I mean, that's even... That's better than normal. I mean, that's pretty outstanding, even this season when the table was so tilted. Um, Fajardo still seems to be getting better every week, <laughs> amazingly enough. And and plus, it, the bye week means a lot here, doesn't it? It could. Uh, if it got if it gets Fajardo healthy, it's going to be a big deal. If he's not healthy, if he can't go. That's totally advantage bombers. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would swing. <laughs> yeah, I would swing my bets that way too, um, unless they come up with something completely wacky with a, you know, triple utility player thing going on. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, neither of us are medical doctors, but what do you think? I mean, today they released the thing. Uh, today, of course, is Wednesday again. Like I said, they released the thing where. His oblique injury is getting better. All he had was limited practice, like he just threw some stuff around. I mean, isn't he playing possum a little bit here? It's an oblique, so he's going to be in pain no matter what. It's oh. gonna, it's he's gonna be suffering in this game, whether or not he can handle the pain. That's the big question, and I don't know if he's had to test that before or not. I really don't know. I'll be honest. Do you know anything about the weather? No, but. <laughs> I bet it's going to be cold. I'm assuming it's going to be windy and cold. Yeah, I it's, bet it is. Uh, it's the prairies in winter. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look at what and and so that lowers the score a little bit, right? And it might tilt the game more for toward a running game, which I think is still advantage bombers. If you had to ask me, oh Not yeah, that William Powell's a slouch, but if he's the focus of the run game then the Bombers can key on him, whereas the Bombers come at you from, like, 12 different directions when it comes to handing the ball off or the quarterback taking it himself. Okay, so the Weather Channel is telling me that it's going to be a reasonable 42 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. That's not not even frozen. No, no, no. The The low is listed at 29, so just below freezing, but very low chance of precipitation of any kind. So it's going to be a nice, crisp... Canada Day for football. Uh, if Rod Black is doing the show, you can bet he's going to say that. Um, I don't think he will, though. They always stick him in the eastern half. So in any case, he's going to get to say the hammer a lot this this week. In any case, okay, Joe. So you're taking Winnipeg to win outright. Yes, I am. Oh, good man. Good man. And, and, and this was your beginning of the season prediction, right? Winnipeg-Hamilton, right? Might as well stick with it if it's wow. it's it's still alive this far in. You might as well just stick wow. with it now. Mighty impressive, Joe. Mighty impressive. Uh, I'm gonna take Saskatchewan in this game. No offense. Um, <laughs> I think that you're dead to me. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. You told you're... me last week that Vernon Adams wouldn't make bad decisions, <laughs> and he did. So I thought he'd make less bad decisions than he did, but. <laughs> What can you do? <laughs> so we're even. <laughs> Besides, I might have actual money on this thing, so I got to be pragmatic. There's no feelings in capitalism or betting. 
uh, in any case. Right. Um, Joe, good luck to your Bombers next week, man. Now that I don't even – my second team is not even in this thing. My third team is not even in this thing. So I can wish your team good luck, Joe. Good luck. Hopefully they don't need it. Hopefully Cody needs more than a sprinkle of Jesus. But since we're on that topic – I do want to give a shout out to the guys over at Pebbles. Uh, they raised a ton of money through their Pebbles, through the um, Jesus Sprinkle shirts. I believe it was over six thousand dollars. Like I donated. Wow. And they might do another run later on. So I had. I just want to tip my cap to those guys. Those guys are awesome. Well, that's pretty impressive in any situation, really. Um, for what is it? The cancer organization. I don't have the organization off the top of my head, unfortunately, but I'm sure if you go take a peek at their feed over at Piffle's Pod, you'll see uh, that they've posted all the information about it. Okay, and you can check out the Argos Fancast for more Joe Pritchard and more of the CF Pod Network guys. Um, For my co-host Joe Pritchard, I'm Oz Davis. This has been the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. Enjoy the conference championship games. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.